Good morning, everyone out there in Radioland. This is Jane Cormier, your host on Artful Living here on WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and of course, 101.9 FM in Manchester. So we want to make sure we start our Artful Living letting you know about our sponsor, who is Good Life, Good Life Programs and Activities, is a 50-plus health and wellness center right here in Concord, and they offer low-cost or free exercise and art classes, as well as varied trips throughout the year, socials and educational seminars. So visit www.goodlifenh.org or you can visit them at the Smokestack Center at 254 North State Street. Good life is all about good things in life. So go and see what they have to offer. It's a wonderful organization. Um, So thank you to Good Life. And here we are with Artful Living today. And we're looking at Halloween coming down the pike. And uh, we're going to have a guest today who's, who's with us uh, almost all of our Artful Livings running the program, uh, and she has a very interesting background with this. So Catherine Martinez is going to be with us. So hello, Catherine. Hello. Nice to have you with us today. Nice to be here. I live here, you know. Yes, I know you do. But, you know, today should be fun. Today we'll go quickly because this is actually one of your side interests, um, which I have always found very interesting myself. And... Since we're near Halloween, I thought it might be pretty cool to talk about your past experiences with what we call the paranormal, right? Which which I looked up, you know, because people kind of throw that term around. I'm not sure that they always quite understand, but I looked it up in Oxford Dictionary, and it says that it denotes events or phenomena such as telekinesis or clairvoyance that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding. Um, so paranormal activity, um, I know we've had crazy movies about this put out there. And I know that if you go on TV, sometimes you could find these shows about ghost um, paranormal experts that go into places that are haunted. And um, I don't know that I fully can embrace it, but let's face it, I'm not really educated about it. And it definitely seems pretty interesting. And since Halloween is approaching. I thought it might be fun to talk about this today. So um, I know that in your past existence, past life, you did have some experience with this. Tell our audience a little bit about what you experienced working in the paranormal field. Yeah, so I've always been very interested in the paranormal in general. I was always watching ghost hunters after school and things like that. Um, And I think I had a really big fascination with it, not only with Um, the experiences that folks had, but more with the history. I really had a deep appreciation for the architecture of old buildings and the stories that were told in there, you know, before um, the the weird things started happening Mm -hmm. within each location. And that was a big thing. So I was a huge history buff. I loved anything ancient Egypt, anything history in general. I just really gravitated towards so the paranormal was kind of a nice fit for both worlds of the spooky and history right um but i started quote unquote formally investigating about 12 years ago um, when i went to uh, plymouth state for a year they had a paranormal class it was an extracurricular class you could take at 6 30 and um there was a literal class on 
paranormal oh, cool. and EMFs and energy and um, all of that. So that was a lot of fun. And we did a lot of investigating there. There's a lot of haunted uh, locations on the campus at in, uh, Plymouth State. Really? One of which in Blair Hall, which used to be the entrance of the underground tunnels at Plymouth State University for when it would snow. So there were underground tunnels yeah. throughout the whole campus. So if it was a really bad snow day, people could still get to class and not be well, that's outside. That's pretty cool. Do they are they still used today? They are locked down now. Um, I'm assuming it's probably health hazard, health or not health, um, safety, yeah. safety hazard now. Um, but one of those doors is in the basement of Blair Hall, and there were claims of paranormal activity happening in the tunnel where you could hear a girl crying or screaming or you know whatever people's claims were. And I actually have video evidence from 12 years ago of me and our paranormal group trying to get evidence outside of the door because you can't get in. And it sounds like there's a chain rattling on the inside and it almost sounded like a chair was being dragged down the tunnel. And then you heard a girl just sobbing. Sobbing. You and heard this? Yes, it's on video, and oh I, sh- I should show it to you. It was twelve. It was wow. everyone started screaming in the video, of course, because you hear it and you're like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" It's it's one thing to talk about it, but then when you have an experience, I think that's what makes you a believer. Yeah. So I always encourage people that aren't into the paranormal or like, "Oh, that's not real," to just be make sure you just wait, you know, because when you have an experience that you can't explain, that kind of changes things, you know. Um, and uh, when we called out for the person to thinking there was someone in the basement or someone out there, it stopped. And you heard nothing yeah. after that. So that was kind of the tip of the iceberg for me when it came to paranormal experiences. That's funny. Has that happened to you before where um, when you've asked, you know, is, you know, is someone out there kind of thing? And then it stops because mm-hmm. I, I recall that myself. Yep. It's happened. And I mean. Why does that happen like that? Um, it just depends on the entity. It depends on, on the, the manifestation that comes forward. Because a lot of the times when you are paranormal investigating you have something that's called a paranormal hangover after because you're usually investigating for hours and hours in the dead of night. And what's claimed happens is ghosts that are made up of EMFs, electromagnetic fields, need to feed off of energy. So sometimes you'll see heightened paranormal activity at a location near a body of water. Water has EMFs or near the kitchen where there's high EMFs because there's electrical plugs and there's things for it to feed off of so it can get stronger per se and have stronger paranormal um, activity. So depending on the manifestation, so we call it, or the the entity coming forward, they might not have been around enough of an EMF to continue conversation. So when someone notices them, they disappear. They just go because they don't have, there was no fear involved in it, or we weren't saying things with a sense of fear that can give off its own EMF for it to feed off of. All right, so that's really weird because, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was at... I don't know if I should say this, but I'll say it anyway. I was at a place where, very old building, um, which, you know, people have told me, oh, you know, there was there were ghosts in there anyway. I was in there rehearsing, practicing. And it was a space where, you know, if you're an opera singer, you like to go someplace where you can let loose. You can't practice opera in a, an apartment, right? And so singing out there, um, I'd say five minutes into the rehearsal, I started to hear a little bit of what I felt like was somebody out in the hallway walking around and just sang right through it, didn't notice it. But then I heard like a bang and then I really heard loud movement and loud enough that I was pretty sure that maybe somebody had come in and was coming upstairs, was coming into the building. I wasn't scared or anything that it was a ghost. I thought it was real, 
really a human being. <laughs> and uh, I thought maybe they were fixing something or grabbing something. And I said, hey, uh, is anybody out there? Hello. And right after I said it, all of it just ceased. Mm. There was no sound of anything after that. Mm-hmm. And I was there for about 40 minutes after that. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because there's different types of haunts as well. There's a haunted location, right, where there's a constant paranormal activity happening. Several entities or whatever in that location have things happening. And then there's something called a residual haunt. So if there's an 1800s home that had a large family in it of several generations that were really liked one staircase or walked up and down a staircase daily, sometimes an, an, uh, um, it's claimed that there can almost be like this energetic stain on those old locations because that was home for them. Mm-hmm. So if they are still on this plane or they're still, they they hadn't quote unquote crossed over, they can go back to the place that was familiar to them and climb those stairs that they climbed for several years at a time. So sometimes you can have those residual haunts where you hear stairs and then it goes away. Or you'll hear someone there and then they go away because they're not actually in the place haunting it. They just, just stopped there. by. They okay. just stopped by. All right. Yeah. So when I, I'm here um, looking at something online, which I thought was pretty cool, it just popped up when I was looking for it. And uh, I was just looking for the dictionary, you know, for our listeners, the dictionary um, paranormal definition. And on it comes up this little visual of a graph of uh, mentions for paranormal just out, you know, mm-hmm. maybe on... I don't know, it starts in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. It's like flat lines, 1800, 1850, 1900. Around 1940, it starts to go up a little bit. 50 goes up a little bit. From 50, 1950 to 2019, there's like tenfold mm-hmm. in the graph. So mm-hmm. the graph starts pretty pretty still. And then like this big thing shoots up. So mm-hmm. what what is that showing us? What does that shoot up? Is that mentions of it or um is it stuff that's been studied that now we can account for so yes but we're about to hit a commercial break so i will i Ah. will touch base on that in the second (laughs) half um but that's yes there's a whole study on that and i have a lot of theories on it's all theory based because it's science right i mean when you're recording paranormal it's you're using literal science equipment and recording it based off of what other people's experiences are. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we come back, we're going to discuss that because that would really help me understand this. Artful Living. We're talking about the paranormal today with Catherine Martinez, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Hang tight because we will be right back. Welcome back to Art for Living here on WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. And if you're just joining us, we are talking about all things Halloween today in a way because we're discussing the paranormal, which is uh, an event. Uh, of something that really can't be explained by normal scientific law and is thought to involve strange and unknown forces. And in our last segment, we were talking about why we had this phenomena 100%, if not more, maybe 200% looking at this graph. From 1950 to 219, this incredible growth of the scope of, um, you know, understanding or putting some framework around the paranormal. 
And uh, so Catherine was going to tell us a little bit about that because she has something of a background having studied it and worked in a paranormal, uh, what, um, what do we want to call? What, you what? just worked in the paranormal. paranormal. Yeah, just yeah. As, a, as a paranormal investigator. Yeah, and, um, investigator, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, but so that graph might, just as the basis might just be showing a more interest in the occult or an interest in paranormal in general. Mm -hmm. So um, that might be what you're seeing as far as what's being raised. You know, when you think of the Ouija board, the Ouija board came out around during that time, 1950s, you know, all that. So um, that might have been why a lot of that was a little bit more streamlined conversation. However, when you think of the world today and you think of war, Right. And and bad things happening around the world. Things like that, anger like that, really big events happening like that gives off its own EMF. Everyone's traumatized. Everyone's in fear. What is an EMF? Let's get that. So an EMF is what's called an electromagnetic field. So it's an electric frequency that can be given off of um, um, a piece of machinery, a person, person to person. People can give off EMFs. Are they low EMFs person to person? I would assume mm-hmm. like electricity, like in the wall or stuff that gives off that EMF mm-hmm. would be of a higher level than a human being. Or is it? Correct. Is yes. It? Okay. Yep. Yep. And and that is science driven. That is data that you can actually find of, of people recording that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why a lot of the times, though, people use natural um natural things around them to help have an experience so um take for example like those that meditate or channel spirit sometimes they'll have a bowl of water next to them and it's because that water gives off a different a higher frequency than they would and it allows it as a conduit you know to attach to the spirit world to come through into the human vessel okay um this is also why you'll see lighthouses be incredibly haunted they're surrounded by the ocean which is older than any of us can ever think of um you know and those emfs of the waves crashing and the one deep water can create an exaggerated amount of paranormal activity that might have been something really small but can turn into something bigger so let me quickly just with what you just said um you said someone that would be sitting next to a bowl of water, you mm-hmm. know, um, trying to have what? an experience. Why are they trying to have an experience of what? Um, so if they're a medium, a psychic medium, there are different ways where you can channel spirit. Sometimes it's through the, allowing the spirit to come through your vessel. Sometimes and why it's do they just want seeing that, it. Um, because some, it depends on the experience. Okay. Some people are so distraught with losing their loved one that they genuinely want to have that loved one back in this plane Mm -hmm. so what that experience can be with a a clairvoyant or some somebody that can channel a spirit they that means they can literally talk like the person so when it's claimed that when the spirit enters the medium the medium will now become that person and they speak in the tone and the likeness of the person that's deceased so it's a little bit of a different experience than you would have with the medium Who's just sitting right in front of you and saying, hey, your grandfather just came through. Is his name Chris? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like that's a different experience than somebody literally channeling. Okay. So channeling is like an active spirit coming through you. They allow spirit to take over their vessel in order to have that. That could Um, be kind of scary. It can be. But I think when you've done it for so long, you kind of know the protections in place that need to happen and all of that. But anyway, um. Yes. So with the so back to that graph, when you have things happening within the world that's creating sheer panic, 
it, it's just going to bring everything up. It's going to amplify ah, everything. So okay. you know, World War II, there might have been a lot more paranormal activity happening. The things that are happening now, I know there is a lot of paranormal activity happening because it's it's on a different plane. So when there's a lot of fear, uh, you know, when you when you get scared, for example, this is a good example. If somebody scares you and pops out and you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. that initial gives off an energy frequency called an EMF and you can literally see it in science equipment and it can be used as as something else mm-hmm. right so an entity if there's a spirit that just tried to scare you because it was hungry for an EMF or it was trying to have more of a connection with whoever was in the room it's going to feed off of that EMF that's now floating in the air that you just gave off mm-hmm. and that's why people feel tired after a paranormal investigation because their energy is literally being used by another ah, entity in interesting. the room okay yeah. almost like a battery so they're saying that the EMFs are um have devices that can specially calibrate Mm -hmm. for paranormal investigators. Where did these, um, what are those? So there are... EMF meters, I guess? Yep. So there are literal paranormal engineers where they take science and they build equipment, science equipment, to use in paranormal circumstances or situations. So for me, I have something called um, the EMF meter, right? So it's it's a box that has an antenna on it that when you pan it through or you sweep it through a location, if there's a hot spot of high EMF frequency, high electric frequency, you'll hear it go off. If you tell the, the ghost, can you touch the antenna? Someone touches the, you, you, the ghost and touches it, it will go off. Um, so those are just all ways you can record it. It has specific data on the screen. So it'll say like 30.6 and then you'll see that number go up. It also has a temperature gauge on it. So if all of a sudden there's a cold spot that's going down 60, 50, 40 and there's high EMFs in that area, you know that there could potentially be a ghost manifesting in that area near you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can gauge temperature, you can gauge energy frequency. There's also something called the spirit box, which I also own, which is a really great piece of equipment because... um, you can literally hear the other side. So it's almost like having a telephone conversation with the spirit world. And what a spirit box does is it channels through different radio frequencies. So mm. it's like you're in a car and you're dialing through the radio and it makes like a sound at a specific speed frequency and through white noise. And it's claimed that an, an energy or a spirit can can manifest and speak through that white noise and and get back to us. And I can't tell you how many times I have turned on a spirit box and heard a voice immediately come through and say, hello, Catherine, just clear, like as if as if they were just right in the room next to, next to us or right right in front of us. Um, so there's different lots of different things being built even now um, that is equipment that can be used to have those experiences and kind of hear the story of the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to read about this. Um I have a, I've read a couple of things about EMF meters and um, the fact that they can pick up just about anything, you know, like a, a socket that might be in a wall. Um, there are some articles that say that the very thing that makes the ghost hunting like stories that you see interesting is actually the fallibility of the EMF machinery. Yeah, they because say- they're not. 
Yeah, well, they say, there's this is when it gets tricky because when you're a paranormal investigator and you're putting things out there online, you have to be very careful with your credibility because it can be lost very easily. Uh, a squeak, a squeak that you hear, what sounds like a footstep, could just be the house settling. Right. So the the what any good good paranormal investigator should be doing before a lockdown is they should be sweeping every nook and cranny of that house with the EMF meter to see where there's those things are happening. So for example, if you're going to a corner and someone's saying, wow, I keep having weird paranormal experiences in this corner of somebody touching me or I'm feeling someone grab my hair or something. If you walk over there during the middle of the day with your equipment and it's going off like crazy and you see that behind the wall there's, you know, a, a power grid right. or there's an electrical socket, that's when you can tell them, there's such high EMFs in this corner that may be manifesting as a, as a ghost, but it's not actually. Because when a normal human is around super high EMFs, whether we know it or not, we will feel affected. We'll feel super lightheaded. We'll feel, um, you know, goosebumps or we'll feel like something I, because it's an, it's, it's an electricity. Right. It's an electricity. And, but and when, that is true. Electromagnetic true. waves are a real thing. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. And then my, you might not be able to answer this, but it brings to mind a question and maybe some others listening have it. So if, and we know that EMF you know, waves. This is a real thing, right? And if we feel EMF waves, like you said, to that extent, and I'm not saying that, you know, I don't believe that. What do the phones that we have do to us? I mean, all of the technical equipment that we, the watches and the phones, aren't those also EMFs that are? They are, and they're actually used as credible uh, sources of paranormal investigating. So there are actual engineers that created phone apps for ghost hunting, where you can utilize the EMF off of your phone like you would a piece of equipment and get the same evidence that you would with an external purchase from a paranormal engineer. Oh my God. Yeah, it's it's there's a spirit box app that you can use. There is an EMF reader as well that you can use um, on your phone. Mm-hmm. Digital recorders are huge, so you can use the recordings on your phone as well to hear EVPs come through. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. there's And we can talk about that next segment about EVPs because those are really interesting. All right, EVPs, I don't even know what those are. All right, we're going to take a little break here from the paranormal on Artful Living. Jane Cormier, your host, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Stay with us because we have more to discuss here on Artful Living. Welcome back to Art for Living here on WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. If you are just joining us, we have quite a neat uh, segment today because we're talking about the paranormal today. And uh, Catherine Martinez is helping us out with some really cool information. Um, Much of it is news to me, which is always a good thing. I love to learn. And we were talking uh, in the last segment about EMF meters that paranormal investigators use. And what is an EMF, um, you know, wave? What What is all that about? And basically, uh, Catherine was filling us in with all of the really cool stuff that paranormal investigators can use today, right down to a phone that has the ability to, I guess, read EMF. What about the EMF coming from the phone, though? Mm, no. Not, no, because, I mean, it will give off a frequency. Yeah. But remember that spirit feeds off of EMFs. Right. So if you're utilizing a tool that is is giving off EMFs, 
you're going to get the same response as you would with the piece of paranormal equipment. So it's not like you're pointing it in a corner that already has electrical sockets and things like that. Like it's its own energy source mm-hmm. that can also be used to communicate. Right. So it, it wouldn't falsify information because it's not being used as the point of of things happening. So like if there's ha- something happening. It's happening or not. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, is Are EMF waves bad for us? I mean, they're not good, but they're everywhere. I, I mean, know they it's, are. It's not like a. It's not like because they're saying that, that they're bad for you. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 entire Earth's core is made up of EMFs. I mean, EMFs are around us no matter what. But when you have electrical units and things like that, I mean, don't put your hand in a, a microwave. You know what I mean? Like, because the energy that that gives off is radiation. Right. I mean, but, but with towers um, but and EM, cell towers. EMFs is not like radiation it is to an extent if there is a large pool of it in one area Uh. and definitely our phones are that i mean i i know people that have gotten brain tumors from being on their phone too much um you know or talking too much on the phone yeah Uh, but that's a whole other conversation for (laughs) right for something else about that because but yes it is too much of anything is never good. Right. Well, that's, you know, moderation, right, in all things. Mm-hmm. So you said uh, before you talked about something called EVP. Yeah. What is that? So there are two things, two other phenomenons that can happen when you're investigating that you're gathering evidence. So the evidence that you're trying to gather is if there is paranormal happenings in a location, right? If there is existence of a ghost in a location where somebody is having an experience and the science to prove that. So... When you're, when you're doing investigating, you're not only scanning to see what the temperature is, what the EMF levels are based off of the experience you're having, but you're also wanting to catch other evidence. So when you have a phone, phone recorder or a digital recorder, you can place it in a hot spot of a room. So if there's a lot of activity that's been happening in one spot that you know is not being um, infiltrated by EVPs and it's in an open space, you can place a digital recorder there and ask, start to ask questions. And when you play back the digital recorder, sometimes you will hear voices through the box. How do you know it's just not a glitch in the recorder? Because there's no way that a glitch could say, hello, my name is blah. And you've actually heard that. Mm -hmm. It is that clear. It is that clear. And sometimes you've got to replay them back and you've got to amplify it to hear it because sometimes it'll be a whisper or you'll hear a crying in the back. Um, but it's that clear. So when you ask direct questions and then they respond in a specific way, you can say for fact that that is not the machine making that okay. noise when they make syllables and consonants and vowels. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's called an EVP. So that's an electronic voice ph- phenomena where you can't hear it with your ear. Mm-hmm. You can hear it through machinery. Mm-hmm. There's something else called a DVP. That's called a direct voice phenomenon, which means that you can hear it with the ear. I just heard a girl scream in that back room. I just heard my name from behind me and also caught it on camera. So you can hear it on the camera, not through a digital But recorder. this is a voice now. A literal voice okay. within our plane yeah. that you can hear from a spirit. Now, sometimes you can catch it on not only camera, but also digital recorder and a live, live reaction of it of, did you just hear that person say you know, welcome to my whatever, welcome to my spot or welcome to my home. And everybody heard it in the room. And that's what's called the direct voice phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does happen. And it's very eerie when it happens because it's like 
it's like they're there in the room with you, mm-hmm. um, but but they're not. They're on a different plane. And then that's why it's interesting to investigate because that's the answer that everyone wants to know is what is that? What where are they where we can hear them and interact with them in some capacity? Like I will never forget one investigation I did in Jerome, Arizona, and I was doing something that's called an Estes session. An Estes session is utilizing the spirit box, like what I had talked about before, which is that piece of equipment that goes through radio frequencies and creates a white noise. So with an Estes session, it's another way for you to communicate with spirit where you have noise-canceling headphones on, listening to that white noise, and they also put a blindfold on you. So there's there's things you can do where if you take away the senses, you take away hearing, mm-hmm. you take away seeing, you can't contaminate evidence. So if I can't hear the person asking questions or see them, I can't read their lips, mm-hmm. then that means whatever comes through in that spirit box is more credible than ever. Okay. So if someone says, can you tell me how you died? Which you should never ask that question because that's just an awful inhumane question to ask. We know that they pass. Let them come to you and say that. They don't want to relive that. <laughs> um, but... When you say, like, let's say, um, yeah, like, how, how did you pass? And then I say airplane because I'm just speaking. Mm-hmm. You out just of, hear I'm the just word. hearing the words and saying them. You get And you get that on camera. That is credible that a spirit is speaking with you. And there was one time that I was actually on, I was being filmed. And I, apparently they were asking what they did for work, what the person did for work. And I kept hearing, I told them, I said, this is so strange. I'm, I'm hearing a male voice, but I'm not understanding what's being said. And I'm hearing a plane. Like I'm, I'm hearing like a, a radio in, in an aircraft. So I said, I wonder if he's a pilot or if there, or if he was some, something in some type of army or, or air force or, you know, some type of war, because all of a sudden out of nowhere, I kept hearing man down, man down, man down. And you heard just this over, over, um, whelming sound of a plane getting louder and louder mm-hmm. and louder. So you can have those experiences as well in different ways. Okay. And so when that happens, what, when you hear that, what's the next thing in a paranormal investigation? You just keep asking questions. So if they're replaying... But what's the end goal? The end goal is to get as much evidence as possible and to have to hear from the spirit that's creating the activity. Because a lot of the times, too, there are people that might be afraid of it yeah. because they don't understand it. Um, and in order to understand it, you have to ask that the source. But what do you what do you do with it after you understand it? I mean, you just walk you, away. You keep it. You keep it, and you record it, and you monitor it, and you share it with the people because it's a very validating experience. If if people are having these experiences and they think they're crazy, or you know nobody believes me, and then there's another group of people that comes in and says, no, this is actually happening. Like you you are not crazy. These things are going on. Here's what you should do, or here's our suggestion. So what will take care of? What it. would the things be? Like here's what you should do. What does that mean? Um, so Sometimes it's clarifications. So like if if it is someone that used to own the home that's just residing in there and cozy, you can you can let them know, like, look to us and the evidence we've received. It seems like it's the previous owner that's just here and existing in the home. And if you're uncomfortable with it, you can tell him to go like you can tell him that he doesn't pay rent to live here and he's got to go and they'll go. Or if it's a really bad haunt, you can suggest a blessing on the house, uh, having a priest come through Um, or even just giving them insight as to maybe a traumatic experience happened in the home and there's a residual haunt that's happening. So it's not necessarily something that stays for days and days. The activity comes and goes based off of the time of day. So if there was some type of 
really bad accident that happened in the middle of the night and that's the only time you're having paranormal activities in the middle of the night, then you can, you know, put two and two together based off of the history, based off of your experiences you had with spirit, that it's a residual haunt and they probably don't need to be afraid of it because it's just going to keep happening. It's just going to be on a loop. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can do your protections and you can do your prayers and whatever you feel like you need to do, but sometimes it's just an energetic stain. You just can't. You've got to coexist with it unless you decide to move. So it's really interesting Uh to have those experiences. So is this like a a really, um, I don't want to say profitable, uh, like is is this happening a lot where people are going to investigators to figure out what's going on? Some uh, Some do, but I I don't think anyone gets paid ever i mean unless you are oh, on a television show no it's it is all volunteer based a lot of these people will put the crews together to have fun and to have you know go to these locations but it becomes a paying thing when there's something really dark involved or if there's some really bad activity happening and they're needing some serious help um that's typically when some investigators will go in and get paid to do that and get them the help that they need um mm-hmm. because it, that's just it's a service at that point um, to get that information for the person living in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very <laughs> cool. All right. You are with Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host, and we're talking all things paranormal. Since we're getting close to Halloween, right? It's an interesting segment. So uh, you just hang tight. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, because we're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back. Welcome back. You are with Jane Cormier in Artful Living here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. And today we have been talking about the paranormal. We're looking at Halloween, so it's topical. And you know what? If you haven't been listening to our segment, you might find it real interesting. If you're just joining us now, we've had three segments, and you can find our uh, entire segment on NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. And uh, it's been very interesting. So I think that uh, if you have any interest at all, head over there later and, and get the first three segments because uh, we're we're learning a lot about the linguistic what the linguistic stuff and um, how it all works in the paranormal. Catherine Martinez has been sharing some experiences that she's had as she's delved into that um, paranormal activity scene. And, uh, you know, for those of us that might be, look at this a little, you know, with a little bit of a side eye, um, what do you have to say about the fact that some say this, quote, evidence um, you know, could be something where you're trying to take a chaotic event and find meaning in it. And through that, you come up with evidence that something happened. What, can you elaborate on that again? Like, So some, so from what I'm reading, people that might be agnostic about this are like um, the energy put forth to try to find meaning in something that might be a chaotic event. Like someone's really afraid some, there's a ghost, right, in the house or something. Uh, and they generate evidence that unless you were really hype weren't really hyper focusing on something you would never even i think that's a very skeptic point of view i think that people are going to believe what they want to believe um and i think i get what they're saying which is 
if you think about something so much, you can manifest it or it That's, can happen. Yeah, kind of like that. But there is good and bad, and there are bad entities out there oh, yeah. and, and bad things happening. And that evidence will show itself, especially if it's that bad of a, of a haunt. There is really not a lot of work you have to do when it comes to a more negative um, haunt because it's so dark it wants people to know that it's there it wants it wants to create fear so mm -hmm. if anybody tries to profit off of fear then that's a shame on them as an investigator if anything there should just be answers you know and and the investigation should not be lasting as long as it is if there's immediate dark energy in a location because that, that becomes a spiritual warfare thing at that point with not only you but everyone else in the room so they could be affected do you go to a priest at that point uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard because when it comes to house exorcisms as well and in having those things happen, they have to get cleared. No random Joe Schmo can just go through and smoke cleanse a house. And I've seen a lot of paranormal investigators do it. And I, on the record, very much disagree with it because mm -hmm. they, they do not have that hierarchy mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Yep. Um, I'm There's not enough white sage in this world that could cleanse out a demon out of a house. It's just not going to happen. It might lie dormant for a little bit, but it's not going to get rid but, of it. But would they go to a priest to try to do that? Because they should. priest exorcists are, and they're, they are a real thing. Folks, yep. folks think that that's not. I mean, you can go online and you can see the few, because it's not a big group. It's a very small group that the, uh, I know the Roman Catholic Church alone uh, does have a number of um, exorcists that mm. are quite active. I yeah. think one recently wrote a book a few months ago. It's, it's difficult. This is when it gets hard because as an investigator, you obviously have to look out for yourself, but you also have to think about the other people involved. And the biggest problem, at least from what I have been seeing and hearing from other investigators, is that, it, is that it takes way too long for you to have to provide evidence to the Catholic Church that there's something bad happening. So the investigator will just try to take care of it as best they can in order mm -hmm. to, to get these people some some safety. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's where it gets difficult because there are a bunch of rules and things that have to be put in place before somebody can just come out there and do a cleansing of the house. There has to be legitimate evidence of something really well, dark. Well, that's only if they're authorized. I mean, we've known a priest. We have. That would, you know, absolutely be able to perform uh, an exorcism and or blessing of a house. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, plus a couple of other things that I've experienced with that priest. Yeah, and it depends on their hierarchy, though, because there are a lot of places, too, with, with bishops, depending on their what their orthodox is, yeah. that require written evidence mm -hmm. multiple Which visits. It's kind of crazy because they're really the only one that can because especially when there's a kid if there's a kid involved yeah. because kids are the most susceptible to these things um it's no joke like the you know, why are we taking our time and having five visits when there's more and more marks on the kid or there's things happening we got to get this taken care of now yeah, let's look at this yeah i mean there's jeez i mean there's only so much evidence you can prove before we actually realize but that i'm sure happening. as someone that's um you know, responsible, you're also looking for another. It's not like you're going to go in there and think that this is the only thing it could be. Well, I yes. would assume that to be reputable, these investigators need to run the gamut of possibilities, not just look for paranormal. You do. But but the gamut of possibilities could also be, you know, you're in an electrical room with high EMFs and there's also dark things happening. Yeah, of course. So there's still the problem would be still be there is still a dark energy here, but we would never try to refute 
someone's ex- dark experience like that yeah. by saying it's something else when it's not. If right. anything, we would try to figure out why it's happening as much as it is. And well, that's, I, that's I know how you that, go that I say evidence. that only because the the Catholic Church, when this is brought to the fore, the first thing they do is to try to find a human reason, um, yeah, abuse or uh, psychological or something like that. You know, I mean, because mm-hmm. they go through the whole gamut before they will call it. Yeah, um, but you know, that, it spiritual. takes so much time to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there's a family that's being tormented like that, sometimes it's not even within the person. Sometimes it's not even exorcism of the person that's experiencing it that they're trying to investigate. It's the house. Mm-hmm. It's it's in the home that's, mm-hmm. that they need to be looking at. And that's when you'd have the investigator come in and say, why is this happening? Let's figure it out. It's because this house is on a mine. There, there, There's so many high EMFs in there. You're just always going to have this activity. It's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those things happen. Wow. Very crazy. For those of us that uh, are out there that are... Um you know, religiously, um, the Catholic Church says in its catechism that we shouldn't be dealing with any of this. And yet when you look on, and I'm not saying this to refute the cat, I'm a Catholic, so I follow the catechism. But you know what? You have to see the other side where they have exorcists. So bad stuff does happen in the paranormal because they wouldn't find the need to have exorcists if, you know, bad stuff wasn't going on, right? Yeah, it's hard. So it's, it's a like, hard where do you line. Go? I know it's a hard line. I, I mean, I think there there is good and evil in this world. There is definitely good and evil. I think that it evil. can manifest in any in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But I think it also can happen in the spirit world as mm-hmm. well. In the spiritual world, it is very rare that it happens. I'd like to preface that. Good. I mean, I've been investigating for twelve years at a number of locations from East Coast to West Coast to Midwest, and it is incredibly rare for you to to be in a very dark situation mm-hmm. where it one feels demonic. That's the most rare. Mm-hmm. Um, to um, you know something that's that's a shadow person or a dark person, darker person or entity that's causing fear. Do they want to go home? I don't think the dark ones do. I so, think they like to create. How do you fear. get misplaced if you're not dark? You know that you know the difference. Right. I, I And I'm, I'm going with you saying that, you know, let's say that that's true. If someone just doesn't understand that they've passed, hmm. how do you get them home? There's been a, I've seen a couple of videos on it that's actually been made me really emotional because a lot of the times, like when you think of trauma. Right. And when you think of, of things happening, for example, um, I remember one time we were having a very active experience in a mining town. There was a mining town that we were in. And a lot of a lot of tragedies happened in mining towns because people would fall in a mine or a kid would get stuck somewhere or something would fall on top of them. And when you pass in such a quick way where you might not even realize what have hap- what what might have happened because it happened so quick, sometimes that's their theory is if you passed away in a very quick way that it didn't give you a time to, to realize, oh, wow, I am dying. Right. Or this happened. They can almost be stuck between worlds. And um, I, I we've had an, an investigation where we were having a conversation with a woman and she kept saying, you know, this is my house. Like, I live here. This is my house. And we said, do you know that you're not here anymore? And she went totally silent. Mm. It went totally silent as if she was almost like, 
wait, I'm not. Because it's also claimed that when spirits pass, their home is still in the in the likeness that it was in that time period. So if there's a modified home that's more modern, that was used to be a Victorian home, the spirit world, they see it as it was. They mm-hmm. don't see it in the now. Mm-hmm. So that's why sometimes you have those really common residual haunts. But we ended up saying to her, you know, you have loved ones on the other side waiting for you. And she said, I do. With I, I'm, And we said, yeah, just go to the light. You've got to look for it. And then she was gone. And then she was gone. We didn't hear How her again. How weird is that? And it's those experiences where you're like, wow. Sometimes it's just happens so quick you just don't realize it just really strange right i'm not sure that i believe but you know what i'm not sure that i don't believe in some some of that Mm -hmm. so i guess that's a question each of us get to ask for ourselves um but very interesting thank you for uh, sharing with that Catherine. it's great of course all right wkxl 1450 am 103.9 fm concord and 101.9 fm in manchester jane cormier art for living thank you for joining us today and you have a great rest of day